We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Mavs Group Therapy. I'm Kirk Henderson. It's about 11.15. <sighs> Thanks so much for hanging out. Um, let's just close the room. That game sucked. <laughs> uh, I'd really... Dallas Mavericks fell to the Indiana Pacers, 124 to 122. They gave up 70 points in the first half. They gave up over 30 points three of the four periods. The Pacers fell apart in the fourth quarter. A Rick Carlisle special, if I ever saw one, only to have the Mavericks not seize the game from them late. A number of missed field goals, uh, and then you know one of the uh, the only play call that the Mavericks have for end of game situations, except went to Kyrie Irving and he wasn't able to sink a difficult shot. Dallas Mavericks fell. <sighs> I don't really know. Max Cleveland looked good. It's true. Max Cleveland did look good. Really, he had a cool dunk. Played some pretty good defense when he was in. Somehow didn't grab a single board, which is pretty impressive. Um, but then again, you go look at the box score tonight, and there's some weird stuff happening in there. So why don't you come on up? We'll talk about it. We'll go to bed because um, I have a feeling this is about to get really funky, this meaning the Mavericks season. All right, coming up first, a beacon of positivity. Actually, you know what? We're going to let Jose come up first because Jose wakes up like it early to work. Hey, Jose, what's going on? Oh, man, Kirk. Um, not much. Uh, how are I mean, I'm not nearly sauced enough for this shit. I'll tell you that. What I don't understand is the organizational misunderstanding of what Mavs social media is. Social media is a crazy place. If you dip into it, you get out of it what you put in. You and I know that. We spend a lot of time there. It can be a dark, bizarre place. So to constantly reference, and this is like a 
five or six year thing by the Mavericks to constantly reference what Mavs Twitter, which is, let's just call it, that's a shorthand for Mavs social media, thinks about a thing. It's an institutional thing, which they would be better served spending their time elsewhere, not worrying about it. Fans are going to be mad at stuff. We are crazy. Fan is short for fanatic. So I wish, I really wish we could all stop referencing that sort of thing. And that goes with us too, Jose, because you, you, we have some friends who are pretty mean to like the Mavs social media accounts. And it's like, it doesn't serve, I don't do it. It doesn't serve me. It's, it's not purposeful, but I just wish that sort of stuff would stop. And I wish we could actually talk about the game because the game was really gross. <laughs> what did you think? Well, uh, uh, just quickly touching on your first point. Sure. So, um, if you're going to complain about Mavs Twitter, why are you on Twitter? Right. Like, uh, we all have a social media platform. What you do with this platform is ultimately on you. How you convey and how you use, well, how you convey your messages, how you choose to create content, because at the end of the day, we're all content creators because we've all been blessed to have a form of that's right of medium so if you're constantly using this medium to bitch about the medium maybe you shouldn't be on this because i take breaks like i've done it i've had to walk away where i'm like i feel particularly bothered by certain you know it's like me walking into a field of rakes and it's like how could i do that to myself (laughs) (laughs) right and then at the end of the day like like me personally, I, I be working, I work out, I host the show, and right. then I watch the game. Like the for, and then I also play my game. So there's not too much time that I'm actually on the the app itself. If it is, if I do spend time on it, yeah, I'm bound to get into some shit. But most of the times, I choose me over anything. Uh, but to get into this game, uh, we need a free throw coach. We need a head coach. We need an offensive coordinator. <laughs> we need a real center. Uh, like I, I was kind of defending Christian Wood a little bit in the previous game against the Lakers because it's like when you see Dwight Powell get he was cooking in the paint, like, and then also Christian Wood had a fair game. I, I don't think that's too crazy to say Christian Wood had a fair game uh, against AD. And that's right. You know, was making an impact. So I, I would went out on limb. I was like, "Hey, with three minutes left to go, give me Christian Wood in this in this uh closing lineup." Today, it looked like he just completely went away from what worked in that Lakers game. He was forcing things. Uh, I mean, Kyrie just had another bad game, and the the margins are so slim with with this team as currently constructed that you need uh all-star Kyrie and you need Luka to give a shit on on a consistent basis. Uh you know, we we always talk about Luka's complaints to the refs, him getting taken out. Today I didn't particularly see that. Uh did did you Sorry, no, my, sorry, no, I'm not my, I I hear this noise out of the corner of of like, and it's my dog just maiming the corner of the couch 
Oh my God. How did that even happen? Um, I, I thought that Luca was very frustrated and I thought it was on kid to, to take up for him and he didn't. And that frustrates me. That's a bigger discussion that I don't know how we actually address because kid has made it a policy through a period of years that he's just not really going to stand up for Luca. You know what I mean? I think he sort of expects Luca to battle through it. I think there's good reason for that. And so I, but I, I still wish I would see it a little bit more. Like they beat the crap out of Luca in the first half. Right. And, you know, it's, it's crazy that kid would take up for, you know, Josh Green, uh, you know, early in the, in the season. There was a couple of times where Josh Green was getting into it with a player and Jason Kidd would literally come out on the court and, and, you know, back up Josh Green, but he doesn't with, with Luca. And it's just beyond me. But, like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just getting real desperate where I'm just like, hey, get get New Orleans Noel. Let, let's see how that works. I'm not saying immediately put him in the starting lineup. I mean, we don't need two buyout guys in our starting lineup because it seems like Jason Kidd is just going to keep rolling out Justin Holiday after one great performance. And I get the reasoning why he started over Green and the Lakers game. Uh, but to play more and to not really have an impact on the game, I mean, I, I don't know. I just expect more from my starting lineup. Sure. And then uh, also, like, uh, I was going to get on here and shit on Christian Wood because uh, there was a time where he got pulled in fourth and he walked to the tunnel. Um, to me, that that's a that's you signaling that that's you're bad. putting on the team. Yeah. And, and – you know, luckily I saw him back on the bench because I was about to get on here and curse him the fuck out. Because well, I like, had to put a disclaimer in the normal podcast Josh Bo and I did because Josh went on for like four or five minutes about it because we thought he didn't come back out. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, for, first, it, it took me a minute to see him, but he was there. So I was relieved on that end. But it's, it's like at, at this point, we just can't afford it. Like we just can't afford anybody quitting. As terrible as the defense is, we just need everybody to try to buy in. And like kid is, is just awful. I, I really hope this is the end. This is the last year. Um, some people, when it, when it comes to talking about Jason Kidd, they're like, well, he's a good coach. He made it to the Western Conference Finals. I even gave him praise I, last he, year. He did a good job and last it, year. But if he deserves credit last year, then he yeah. deserves blame this year. It, exactly. And and some people don't know how to live in moments. Yes. They want to be – they want to have revisionist history and use that as what is happening now, and that's not the case. Well, kid deserves all the criticism in the world right now you have luca and Kyrie, and somehow you're below 500 I mean, they've won one these... game with the two of those guys playing together one against yes. the spurs yes. that's bad <laughs> and that's a and and you're right that the thing i the thing i'm going to try to stick to is that kid is realistically like the fourth or fifth or even sixth problem if you were to start addressing them but what kid also is is he's the only one with an immediate remedy they're not going to fire him, but they could. They could. You, you, you can't, like, I don't think they're going to send Christian Wood home. You could. 
but you can't fix the defense. You can't get Luca to like Luca's not all of a sudden going to become an, an average defender. That'd be great. They like he's also not all of a sudden going to just stop complaining at the refs. Those things are bigger problems to the Mavericks, at least in my opinion. No, you're absolutely right. And you know the the shot that kid did take that I think me and you agree with it is like kid calling the the team immature but we kind of know that it was directed at Luca. Yeah, it was Luca. Like everybody yeah, else is yeah. 30 years old. Like like <laughs> right right. Richie Bullock, like, Richie we, Bullock isn't going to take kindly to anybody calling him immature. <laughs> like we we could agree on that and like that is right but to do it in front of everybody in the world pretty much uh, do it behind closed door. Be a be a head coach. Be a leader of this team because right now that's what you are, and and you know try to pump pump something into this team. Pump some life into this team. Uh, I don't know, Kirk. This, this is going to be hard because we've lost two games after the All Star game. I mean, uh, yeah, after the All Star game, we've won one, and then this is not the time to fuck around. I mean, if Jason Kidd is still trying to figure out lineups and rotations on the fly, uh, you got to figure it out by Sunday at least because you have Philly Knicks, which Joel Embiid is going to flop, prop, and get to the rim at all costs, and uh, especially against the white power. And then you have DeAndre Aiden. If he's fully locked in, this is going to get natural. Sure. I mean, that, but it, it would it also shock you if they won one or both of those games. That's the thing I kind of can't stand about this team is that they lose the games I think they should win, and then they win the games I think. No, I, 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 honestly, I wouldn't be surprised, but it, it's just like when you have Luka and Kyrie, that's the only thing you could really bank on at, at this point. Uh, you You just – are so heavily reliant on their star power to to beat out the other team. And that's what's going to get it done most games. Uh, well, thank you for joining us, buddy. Do you got to get up early and work? Uh, no, no I, ch- I chose me this that's week. I'm, I'm not going in for overtime this week. Uh, but thanks, Kirk, for bringing me up. All right, we'll talk soon. All right, coming up next, hopefully uh, – well – you know, Chris is Chris is a positive man. So hopefully you have some some positivity to send. Our well, way. what I was gonna uh, well, <laughs> I don't know about that because we have one more loss than we did last year, and we still have 19 games to go. Ooh, God! Yeah, yeah, we got 30, 31 losses, and last year we were 52 and 30. Hold on, I need a shot after that. That's just that's cold. Yeah, yeah. You know what's what's crazy is remember last year, like the beginning of the season, I know we were winning some of those games, but it felt so sluggish and grindy. And then we were like losing. I know it was COVID and injuries, but like it was just a frustrating beginning of the season. But I know after the all-star break, they ended up clicking and all. But yeah, this this is just nuts. Like uh with with uh being one in four, I guess, with the Luca Kyrie yep. thing. And then, you know, there's four games right there where you've got a possession at the end where you can at least tie the game. I mean, this one was like, what, three times with a minute to go, you can tie the game. And I think the first possession, they almost got to the rack and ended up, just, ended up passing it out and passing it around. It was just, it was just settling for threes. It's a, we're like the make or miss league. 
team. You know, it just, it, it sucks. Like, um, God, what, what was I going to say? Uh, do they even practice? <laughs> do, do they u- utilize that practice facility that's across from the arena? Well, you know, it, it I think that might be a little bit if, – if they were to have a real excuse, that would be it. Because teams just don't get time to practice in the regular season. They do walk-arounds. They do film. But they don't really get earnest-to-goodness practice. Now, we've seen some clips of stuff that they've been running. But, like, the, it, it just takes time. And so, you know, you're incorporating Kyrie. You're incorporating Maxi. There's there's those elements that I think that they could have is, have – you know, not as excuses, but as fallback reasons. And I, I would earnestly buy that for as cynical as I am. But <sighs> just don't take they take it seriously, man. I go to these games, dude. They just fuck around, like just like shooting half court shots and just playing around. I mean, just yeah. like you're missing your free throws. Well, I mean, this has not been please, just this. I, I'm glad you brought that up because if we were to talk about specific reasons why the team lost this game. That is a specific reason. Once again, 10 missed free throws. 10 missed free mm-hmm. throws is a team in a two-point loss. Can't have it. Yep. Not to mention the one tech. He's got 13 techs now, Luca. Um, God, it's just, it's just all these little things add up. And then what just it's the worst thing when you lose by one or two points. That's that's just the worst. Uh I just don't know what else to say. I feel like, yeah, like you said, we got a couple tough games, and I think we might. We might win both of them. Like just I don't know, shock they, me. Like I like that's just yeah, the way they the play their best goes. when their backs are against the wall. But when we play these sucky ass teams, besides the Spurs, well, even the Spurs. I mean, the first three quarters they were keep keeping up with the Mavs. It was like what ninety seven to ninety, I think, at some point. I mean, the Spurs were right there too. It's just I, I really feel like with Kyrie coming in that we were just going to be so good offensively that I knew that we're not a good defensive team, but at least we would make up for it by just the energy of just making these shots and they would play harder on defense, but we're just like a revolving saloon door down on, uh, in, in the block. And these guys are just getting casual layups and dunks against us. Um, what do you think about Noel? I mean, do you, do you think the Mavs are reaching out to his man, his, no. uh, his agent? No, I, I think buyout stuff is done for the Mavericks. I think this is the team that brought them. And that, that's where oh, we're at. Man. Because really, look at it, man. If if you're relying on guys that aren't playing for really garbage teams, then you're not like like that's the that's a that's a dark place. Yeah, yeah. And, and what would suck is at the very end of the season. Let's say we the last game of the season we're losing bad. We know we're going to lose, and you'll see Christian Wood and Erlens Noel in the in the tunnel scarfing down Wiener Stencil. That would just be a that would just be a cherry on top right there. To the season. Um, hopefully, we can just turn it around. I don't know. We just we just need to start fucking winning. <laughs> really How much time? And on what sucks is the the Timberwolves are going to win. The Warriors were losing bad, and now they've already won that game. Yep. So the teams that we don't need to lose, they've been. We we can't be going on a losing streak. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, but uh, anyway, you. let's try to get a win Thursday. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out. There's a video, shout out to at the real Alexis of a, a five second clip of Rick Carlisle talking shit to the crowd. It's going to live in my brain for the rest of the night. Um, Man, we got a lot of people wanting to talk in here. All right, we're going to go. So so let's, guys, I don't want to stay up all night. We got 12 people as I'm counting. So let's let's make our points and, and move it along. Coming up next, my man, Ruben. How are we doing, Ruben? Uh I'm I'm not gonna keep you long. I'm not gonna ask the, I'm not gonna ask you that many questions. 
any questions at all. I just got to have this therapy real quick. Please. Just because I, not going to lie, I was I was team Jason Kidd when he got hired, him and Nico. You know, shit was going good. It did you go know. well. Western Conference Finals, Nico pulled the trigger on the KP thing. He pulled, he got his, he got his Kyrie. But I'm going to Jason Kidd. Like, if I... I love Nico. Okay. I, okay. If everybody want to burn my house down, burn my house down. I, I love what Nico has done for this team. But Jason freaking kid, you speak about people earning their minutes all year, mm. trying, to, trying to help their podcast, business, whatever. A guy comes here for two freaking days. And he gets Josh Green, who we've been trying to build up, who he was developing this whole season, developed him to a a piece in asset. Every team wanted him. He done well. Yeah, yeah. Lots of articles about him coming out of the All-Star break. Yeah. Everything, everything. And in one game, a guy that hadn't started, for the freaking, I'm trying not to cuss. It's okay, you can cuss. I cuss all the time. For the freaking <laughs> Atlanta Hawks, <laughs> but he couldn't even start. Yeah, you no, he didn't play. In the, he didn't play. You, yeah, you start him two games in a row. Yeah, I'm not. I don't two, know what's happening there. Two games in a row, Kirk. I'm not doing. Yeah. You. I, so so let me so to play devil's advocate, I think the I think right. the reason that they started him is they're trying to give Josh Green more minutes with the second unit to add some ball handling, and so you're kind of if you can steal minutes for Justin, okay. But really, Justin Holiday shouldn't play more than 15 minutes, and Josh Green should play 30, and Tim Hardaway should probably play 25 to 30. Hardaway played 37 minutes tonight, and he wasn't bad, but he wasn't. Like he hit some shots, but then like everything else, like he was one of the guys who shot like an air ball on one of the final final shots of the game. Kurt, you you may be tough, right. Tough go. You may be right, but have we not been doing this since game one, since the preseason? Yeah, <laughs> letting guys okay, letting J Kid just feel shit out for twenty games. Yeah, we are. Damn near 60 games in. Yeah. We know, we know the good players on this team. It's not a fucking science. Right. It's not, it's not a game. This is not a game no more. Now, uh, okay, let me I'm a, I don't want to give up, I don't want to be on here too long, but I will say you've been Telling Seawood who's who needs a contract, who we traded a first pick for, who was averaging 20, who got hurt his thumb before but he was starting, injured his thumb. He was averaging two blocks a game, and then you don't give him his job back. Josh Green, you put him in a starting lineup. We were doing great, and you snatch what is that? Kurt, I mean, this is what the stuff that, that he got to a young player psyche. This is the stuff that got him killed in Milwaukee. 
And now I'm, I didn't want to believe what you were saying. I didn't want to believe what everybody was saying about his second year. And, and you wait to do it when you have two star players. I will give Kyrie his games off. He, he got on his team and we were winning. Luca comes back. Okay. We won one game. We got, they still trying to figure things out. But if the coach hasn't figured out his starting lineup or rotations, even before two star players, what do, what do you expect, Kurt? What do you expect when the coach cannot sit on one decision or or preach us preach a whole thing you have to earn your minutes and then snatch players that have earned their merit I'm not mad at Seawood for going in the locker room I, I'm I'm probably like one of one of a million I hope I'm not by myself but I'm pretty sure I'm not. C. Wood has done everything you asked him to do. Come off the bench. Play better than Powell. Play better than uh, McGee, who, who Jason Kidd signed to play next to C. Wood. And C. Wood has done everything. And I hate this coach, Kurt. Uh I'm done with Jason Kidd. If you cannot stick to your word, if you're losing the players, like literally you lost one player. And what does that send to your rookies, to your young? What does that send to Kyrie? Kyrie is passing the ball. He doesn't know the personnel, but Luca does. And Luca is like, bro, don't do that. Don't. I. I wish Luca didn't turn to, to Rick and say, oh, yeah, call a timeout. Bro, we're hoping your fucking coach knows how to call a timeout to give you rest and Kyrie rest. And I'm about to get off, but I'm, I'm getting off after this statement. Jason Kidd, you are a shit coach for preaching something you don't even believe in. What, how players should earn their minutes, and you give minutes to a guy that's been here for two freaking days. And we had the formula to beat the Lakers when we fucking trash can juice them in, on Christmas. I just don't know, Kurt. I don't know who he's listening to. I don't know what this coaching staff is talking about. I don't know what they're practicing, but. Jason Kidd, you will lose your players if you keep coaching the way you do. And your starting lineup is trash. Your rotations are trash. And that's all I have to say. Thank you, Kurt. Be good, Great guy. fucking therapy session, my guy. Well, so you feel Love you, bro. Like, don't you just feel better after yelling? All right. Talk to you, I feel a lot better. All right. Bye. All right. He talked for too long, but we love him anyhow. Uh, let's go to Brandon. Brandon, what you got for me tonight, friend? Kirk, uh, it kind of goes back to what you preach all the time. Dallas had, uh, five players in double figure, but, you know, Indiana has six players in double figure, so. You was right on that one, man. So, I didn't even I notice that. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, sheesh. 
it was a, it was a typical Rick Carlisle win. Uh, they had, I think, maybe – God, I don't even think either team had double-figure offensive rebounds. Um, so, it, it was bad. It was ugly. But it was a typical Rick Carlisle game. Get out there and grind it out and don't get any rebounds or just score a lot. Um, but my, and my last thing is, uh, you know, looking at these teams in the West, um, all of the teams at the top, they have the established, I guess you could say, kind of like um, bench, established uh, culture. As you look at the bottom of the West, it's a lot of turnover. So, I mean, it's a lot of people that's new, new players, uh, changing rosters and everything. So, I think it kind of goes back to chemistry. Um, if you think about just off the subject, kind of like the Yankees, they try to win by, you know, buying, buying championships, and that, that, doesn't, that doesn't work anymore. There's no, there's no, there's no chemistry and no culture. And you look at the West, all the teams. Denver has an established culture. Uh, Sacramento, they grinded for a while, but they kept their, you know, their core players, and you know, they have an established culture. Obviously, you know, the Suns, and, and you get to Dallas, and the, the lower half of the West, it's a lot of turnover, different rosters, different players, and it's not a lot of, you know, th- those guys aren't gelling. I think that kind of is the implication of, you know, why the bottom half of these just Western conferences isn't doing so well and one with and last thing about josh green i think i think you know his confidence is kind of built up you know during the during the preseason he went and worked with i believe it was like bradley bill's coach or, or uh, trainer during the during the summer and you know he didn't want to play uh summer league but you know he kind of believed in himself and i kind of hope that he you know he keeps that confidence and he doesn't let you know jason man kidd. if rick carl can't break that dude then i don't think a couple of shitty games from jason kidd are gonna hurt him too much it's mainly just annoying because like him playing more helps yeah yeah it, it, it definitely helps especially with him progressing at, a, at an early age finding his yeah but yeah that's all i want to correct man appreciate it bro of course thanks for coming up brandon talk soon we're gonna win one of these days and then we can get like a whole bunch of people up here crowing about how fun it was to win all right, let's fly through some folks. Juan, what's up, my guy? Give him a minute. Mr. Diego, you there? Don't see a mute on the thing. All right, come back up. I'll try to invite you back up in a little bit. Uh, Tyler, what's going on? Hey, Kirk, thanks for bringing me up. Um, of course. I was just going to uh, say a few things uh, to save time and let you uh, – Say something afterwards if you want to, if that's cool with you. Go forth. Go, go. I'm, I don't want to talk. I'm going to say dumb shit. The more I talk, it just gets <laughs> me in trouble. Okay, so uh, tons tons of problems, but I just wanted to point out the Tim, 37 minutes, green 22, just um, it, that's like treason. Um, and then the Seawood thing all year with kid is terrible. And then at the end of the game, we're down by two at home with the better team. So if you go to overtime, you like your chances, and we go for a three, a bad three. When we have Luca, who can just get to the hoop at any moment and get, you know, a fa- hopefully fouled or a decent look or do something, I just hated that last shot. Um, and then as far as Jason Kidd, like, I think – I actually think he's the main problem because I, I think he exasperates every other problem. And as far as Kidd, like, specifically, like, is there anything he does well, like – rotations, evaluation of players and their talent um, on our own team, uh, <clears throat> timeouts, challenges, um, stupid challenges early in the game, and, you know, crunch time lineups. Like, it's just bad all around, dude, all around. It's so bad. And then um, 
Uh, I just wanted to like give you, let you know where I'm at as a fan, like, <clears throat> and you can let me know if I'm crazy or tell me to piss off or whatever. But I'm basically, it's basically turning the same thing as like the Cowboys for me. Like I've been rooting sort of against Dak Prescott because I want him off the team for like almost his whole career, pretty much. And I'm basically gotten to the, this point with the Mavericks where I'm actually like hoping we kind of lose um, just so Jason Kidd can get the hell out of here because like sometimes you got to take a step back to take two steps forward. And sometimes actually most of the time failure is um, imperative for growth and, um, and positive, you know, positive growth. So that's all I had to say. I'll let you say something about that if you want, or just move on, but thanks for letting me on Kirk. Tyler, thank you for coming up. I appreciate you uh, speaking your piece and always uh, being willing to come in here and talk. All right, let's go to Brett. Hey, Brett, what's up? Hey, Kirk. So th- there were a couple things in today's game that I felt were revealing about Kid. Like I- I've always been pretty anti-Kid, um, but one of the discussions I think I'm you and I have had on here before um, is about some of those like those late game those late game shots like Luca dribbling it out. And the question was, you know, is that Luca's call or is that kids? And I think this game really, really definitively answered, answered that question. I mean, it's, like, it's got to be a little column A, a little column B, but it's also, like, very funny. I, I talked about this in the postgame show. I went and found this 2016, 2016? 2017 article now from uh, the Bucks playing the um, Warriors. And, and the postgame, like, the Warriors won 124 to 121 because Draymond Green snuck out their last play. And in the post-game comments, he basically said, they run two plays, I know what they are. And I was just, I just laughed my ass off at this, because it's like, yeah, who, like, different plays? You mean you can do that? And yeah, it's just, it, it, like, I, I just, I was tickled to pieces that it was the exact same play. So there, so there are some times where, the, where, like, running that type of play makes sense. This is a game where you have, I don't know what they had at that point. They still had like 10 seconds left or seven seconds, like plenty of time to, to, you know, run an action. Um, but what they got was Justin holiday, a two way guy inbounding the ball to Kyrie to ISO for a three while Luca posted up on the block. Like that is insanely terrible. Like any amateur basketball fan could come up with a better play than that. Like I, I don't, I have no idea if that even was the play. Like maybe it was the, the play was to get, try to get it to Luca and Kyrie just decided he wanted to shoot. But, I mean, yeah. And, and then also I think that this, you know, the second thing in this game is that I think the usage of Kyrie, some of that is that I just don't think Kyrie's looking to be aggressive. The reason for that, I, you know, I'm not going to. Well, you have nine assists, zero turnovers. Shots weren't falling. Everybody should be allowed to have an off game. He's two of, he's two of his last 14 from three. That's going to come around. I, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not concerned about yeah. those looks. I'm concerned about, like, in the I don't know, second quarter or first quarter, when he when Bullock had the ball like it at on the wing, and he kind of like looked to Kyrie to come and get it from him, and Kyrie just kind of stood there in the corner, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, it's disappointing. It's disappointing because I think if they get like bushwhacked by the Sixers and the Suns, are any of us really going to be mad? Like I mean, I mean, yeah, of course we will because like that's what we do. But like, will it be shocking? And the answer is no. Losing the Pacers sucks. The Pacers, I think, have won like four of their last seventeen. Yeah. 
Yeah, they've, they've they've won a couple games after the break now that Halliburton's back, but 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 before that they had they had lost like 15 games yeah. in a row or something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the question I would have for you because obviously, it, you know, kid getting fired or they making any kind of change like that is seems like pretty far off. How do you think the next two months would have to go for that to happen? Like, do you think? Do you think you know? Would it take missing the play-in? Would it take losing in losing in the play-in? Obviously, I, I I wouldn't say losing in the first round would would do it. But do you think that there's any scenario in which in which zero scenario whatsoever that it, that it would take at least a whole full one full more year? It would take Luka Doncic saying, "I don't want this guy as my coach." Loudly and and, and nothing, nothing short of that short on of court. That. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. That it, it it takes like the the ESPN article, you know, or Tim Cato article or whatever on. Well, I mean, the the stuff that was going on with the Bucks, it took like it took Middleton. It took Middleton to, like, putting his foot down, but like, there was also a coordinated fan campaign where ev- and it's like it's wild if you go look into this. Brew Hoop had a had an article about. It. I can share it. The basically was like a, the fire Jason Kidd movement, and it took most of the most of the season oh, until he was fired. Yeah. It took up until January. They 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 use like forty something games because he was. And granted, I want to give him a little bit of grace. It was much worse. It was like worse. He, it was worse. Than, it, I mean, it was much worse. They, had, they, they frankly had a more like Giannis and Chris Middleton, <laughs> the team like a team that won sixty games and has gone to the, like one NBA championship. You know, obviously not Brook Lopez yet, but like they were a good team, and he he didn't know how to coach them. Cause he didn't know what he was doing. I think there's an argument to be made now because he has like, my wife killed me with this today. I pointed out that the Mavs have nine assistant coaches and she goes, so Jason Kidd, that's 10. I go, yeah. And she goes, so 10 assists, 10 coaches for 15 players. That's like infant daycare ratio. What are they even doing? <laughs> and I've been laughing about that all day. Cause it's just like, what? There's so many coaches that no one has any responsibility. It's outstanding. Yeah. The, it, the, the buck always just stops somewhere over there, and I, I feel like that's, <laughs> that's just that's just the, the motto for the Mavs as an organization. It's just the, the, the buck the buck never never stops anywhere. It's it's never it can never be anybody anybody. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Brett, thanks for hanging out. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Let's go to Rain. Hey, Rain, what's going on? One more mute time. There you go. Saw you hit it once or twice. There you go. It should be working. I just came out of it. Thank you. Yep. Thank you kindly. (laughs) Well, I don't know what to do anymore. Do I watch? Do I not watch? I think you don't watch. This is not fun. Yeah. It's, It's not particularly healthy. Um. I just, I, I know what the team needs to do, but it's not possible. They need a strong defensive center 
another big league player, and a brand new coach. And with the assets they have, and uh, with Mark Cuban as an owner, I don't think it's going to happen. Oh, I do think Kyrie resigns though. I don't think that necessarily means he stays, but I think he signs. Whether that's through sign and trades that he's moved or oh, request yeah, no, a trade next season, but yeah, he's he's got the Mavericks over a barrel. The Mavericks will sign him to five year, two hundred seventy million dollar contract. That's they will offer that. How's how's that? That will be the offer because that's what they can do. He, he, they will offer it to him, but and then okay, in in the Mavs defense of all the coaches who are going to be able to pick them apart or know all their weaknesses. It's probably going to be Rick Carlisle. Sure. Um, and they have a big who's big enough to just overpower Powell or Woods or Maxi. So I guess try not to be too bad, but I'm going to be honest, I'm fucking pissed. So uh, good luck to all those of us who keep watching, and um, we're all sick of us. <laughs> That's the real. That's the real truth, Rain. Thanks for hanging out. I appreciate you. All right, see ya. I actually talked about that at the end of the podcast with Josh tonight, where I'm just like, man, nothing drives me more crazy about how when the Mavs perform poorly, instead of talking about how the Mavs perform poorly and why that's frustrating, the inevitable online conversation will be why your expectation is off and why you are the problem. And it just, it, it never, never proceeds to, to make me mad. All right. I see my buddy Jason in there, Jason, I'll get to you shortly, but I got to give our man Brent Brooks the floor for a minute today. If you did not read his 1800 word treatise on why Jason Kidd maybe ought to possibly should get fired. You are, uh, you're missing out. Hell of a post Brent. What's up, buddy. Hey, Kirk. Good to talk to you, man. I, feel very grateful for the platform to be able to make that post because it was cathartic for me. Otherwise, I would have been walking around my living room talking to myself over the last 24 hours ever since those post-game comments from Kid. Yeah. I'm appreciative to be able to vent. Um, I heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I, I haven't listened to their show yet. I plan to do that in a little bit. But Follow on Damaris podcast. Did they kind of try to recontextualize kids' comments and that's say, no, 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 that's, yeah. And now I, I apologize to both these guys that that's not the case. I'm going to listen to their show. But if it is that they tried to recontextualize kid and then something about Carlisle as well, but let's just focus on kid. The whole point of a passive aggressive communication style of hiding things behind veiled language and innuendo is so that you can play it both ways. You can have people guessing what you really meant, that you can get your point across in not so subtle ways. Everybody in the room knows what you mean, but to the letter of the law, you didn't say it. And that's kind of what I was going for with, if you're going to criticize Luca and based on how he performed against the Lakers, you know, make or miss shots, play well, don't play well, but there are preventable things in terms of losing focus when you're not getting calls, and I think he gets fewer calls for acting the way that he does, yep. you, you either handle that privately, and maybe Kit has tried to, or you, if you're going to take the drastic step to call out your star player in public, do it. Specifically. The, yes. 
yeah, it's it's really trying to have it both ways and be too cute by half. And all it does is kind of create toxic air. So I, I think that it's kind of ironic if Falwell and Damaris tried to go that route and say, hey, no, 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 I think you misunderstood. This is what he really meant. That's by design on his part because he wants to have it both ways. Uh, I wanted to get that out there. Well, I'm um, not listen to Brian and 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 Mark Falwell. I haven't either. And I so I'm just well, I'm just going to say I won't. Um, what what they fine. do? Yeah. What they do is get put in the incredibly difficult position of attempting to yes. speak objectively about which something for which they are paid money. Mark pays them. Yeah. This is not like the Dallas Cowboys have an in-house media that is openly critical of the Cowboys. Dallas, Dallas is and, right. and to their credit, meaning the entire Mavs, like in like you guys are kind of mean and everybody calls them state media. I don't think that's fair, but their in-house media production is in a difficult spot because criticism is frowned upon. That's a difficult thing to do. So they're put in this position of talking about the team and I like everything that is said, whether it's said on the air by Bally's, whether it's said in these podcasts, a lot of what is said is said with the veiled understanding of look guys, we know some stuff that we can't tell you, but you're going to have to trust us. I understand mm-hmm. why they do it because it's putting forth a good message and they believe it. It's not PR. Okay. These guys believe this stuff. I have to, I have to believe that because otherwise it turns me just into a cynical rage monster. That said, I don't particularly have interest in hearing it. It, it frustrates me because I have simply, you know, in my time as a professional, and you and I have talked about this, we've each worked for large companies that have like clear problems. And instead of addressing those problems, there's entire departments that exist to say, you know, we've always been at war with Eurasia. And I'm just not particularly interested in that. So if they tried to recontextualize his quotes, great. I'll recontextualize his quotes. He wants Luca to be more mature. Jason Kidd does. So do we. I want. I, I think we can yes. all come to an agreement yes. on that. But what I never want to hear from Jason Kidd ever again is that he's a fucking bystander. You get paid a ton of money. Shit or get off the pot. I am tired of the notion of, well, I just work here. I'm Jason Kidd, employee X. That Luka Doncic guy, though, you might want to go talk to him. He's a big fucking baby. He might be. But you know what, man? Lead. Please. Leadership is not, it's, sometimes it's about taking bullets. You know, you wrote an article today that cooked Jason Kidd. And I posted it understanding that I might have to take some heat on your behalf. That is what the job is. He could stand to learn something from that little presence of, you know what, sometimes you need to stand up for your employee. You know, he should have done it in the first half tonight. Luka Doncic got his 13th tech because Jason Kidd is too busy having a heated conversation under his breath instead of doing a demonstrative thing where he's like, look, you need to protect the superstar or he's going to get hurt. Sorry. No, I agree with everything you said, and I appreciate those sentiments. Uh, You have a a player who was one of the, the very, very best, and for the most part, the you know, kid was co-rookie of the year. He never really had the struggle. And so I don't know that being a great player is, 
it's almost like he approaches coaching like a sports better. Now, hear me out. A sports, a really good handicapper is going to look at all of the data and trends and stats and injuries and scenarios and motivations. But once you place that bet, then you really are, Kirk, a spectator and you're sweating it out and you're either really wrong, really right, or it's a coin flip and, and you're going to live and die on the coin flip. He, it feels like once the game starts, outside of some bizarre rotational choices, right, which, again, you can talk about the whole C. Wood thing. We're going to prove it to him. He's going to prove it to us. And what's really been proven in both directions there, outside of some weird stuff rotation-wise, like when does he ever do anything? We always talk about a, a coach being able to affect a record 10% in either direction. It feels like it's more than that this year, but 10% more wins right now would be significant as tight as the West is, and it doesn't feel like there's a point to his being there. You know, Rick, for all his faults, it always felt like we had a secret weapon because he was great at some very specific things, like out-of-timeouts and last possessions and and making some really strange J.J. Barea in the finals and Boban in the playoffs kind of pulling it out of his rear at the last moment to at least attempt to save the day. Yeah. Um, I just don't see any creativity, uh, much less any taking of responsibility. So, yes, he has a point about Luca, but the way he delivered it is a window into larger problems. And the, the previous uh, like a gentleman who was talking about Green, Green and Brunson's development has been floated by some as, hey, you know, giving kid credit for that, giving kid credit for the Western Conference Finals run. I think that Green improved in the offseason with Kyle Lowry and other vets. And I'm not saying that kids had zero impact, but how do we really quantify how much of it came from the work that Green put in independent of kid and whatever kid has coached him to be? Sure. You know, it is, it's an, an unknowable thing. And That's same right. for Brunson's development because there are certain things – you know, by the time what somebody's Christian Woods age, 27, 28, you kind of are who you are. You said that about Theo Pinson. He's not going to suddenly be a, a, a rotation player probably at that age. But both Green and Brunson were in that window where people do take leaps, even if they're a four-year player out of college, right? Uh, I think that last year there was so much winning. And there was so much good vibes that the character flaws that kid has – never came to bear because winning is a balm for the soul, the collective soul of the team. And we are seeing now the other side of that coin where how do you handle things when things don't go well? That is the testament to an employee-employer relationship, a family relationship, you name it. Yeah. And certainly how a coach handles a scenario and this, this feeling of not wanting to take responsibility uh, for the success or the failure of the team and, and using generalities and using the we and our pronouns when it protects him. Mm -hmm. It's just very, very, um, I don't want to say pathological. That's, that's a terrible word to use, but it's, it, it's a window into his psychology, it would seem, that whereas Rick was able to go, hey, I, I, I need to be better at X, Y, Z, or that was, that was on me. Even if it was only 10% of games that you heard something like that, 
And then Rick, a, Rick was a huge asshole behind the scenes. It was like the it's like if you could sure. blend these two guys together, you'd have a like unstoppable coach because like Shishi in the chat knows yes. that like Giannis credited Kid for his development. Giannis still speaks very highly of Kid. Did so in in the book by by Miran Fader. But there there's like elements of this that are all just like very maddening because it. it well, unless you're. Kirk, unless you're Mother Teresa or Hitler, you know, <laughs> unless you're on the very extremes of the human race in all of history, when you're talking about people, 99.999% of the time, you're going to find some good and some bad. Yeah. And, and kid is a lot closer to the middle. We're, we're all closer to the middle than those two extremes. Yeah. So in a coaching career or any kind of relationship between two people uh, where there's leadership involved, you're going to have some things you can point to. Yeah. And I'm not saying that kid is all bad, but there's enough here to where you go, we're on the clock with Luca. Sure. And if we were to somehow, or if the Mavericks were to somehow move on from kid in the off season, because I don't, I think he's closer to Avery Johnson than to Rick Carlisle. If Luca is to go on to win a championship in terms of, you know, a loose analogy, potentially, I don't think he's the coach that leads us to the promised land and getting a, started a year sooner on that would be a head start because you know a lot of us feel like we're running out of time you know if he's gone after next season how long until that clock starts ticking really really loud so that's right i'll uh, get off stage i appreciate it man appreciate you too brent everybody go read brent's piece put a lot of time into it granted all of our writers put time into stuff but to be perfectly candid i wanted to write this piece but we decided that I probably shouldn't write this piece because as editor-in-chief, while also like well-known Mavs troll, I have a little bit of a reputation that follows me around. And, I'm, you know, it's mostly deserved because I'm a shit when it comes to tweets, but people can't make the distinction between tweets and um, kind of written content. And so Brent volunteered to write it and wrote a much better piece than I, than I ever could have. Um, so, yeah, go read it. All right, coming up next, we got my man Jason Gallagher, the man with the hat, uh, the gunslinger. What's happening, my guy? How's it going, Kirk? First off, Brent, um, great piece, and it only took about 52 minutes for Hitler's name to be dropped in this. So, Okay, but he was great. talking the range of people. Mother, He said I'm Mother kidding. Teresa to Hitler. I'm kidding. Come <laughs> on. Like, things got so bleak here. You know. No, in all seriousness, I, I have a, I have a, a very – bleak outlook on on things but that, i feel like the kid thing has been discussed sort of ad nauseum and i just i mean you know this as as well as i do um i just think that the difference between kids coaching opportunities and other places in in and in dallas is i think that <clears throat> all the things we hate is kind of why he got hired mm. i do believe that i do believe that all of the i i when I, I kind of put in the chat that I actually think that he we're in the Jerry zone of which we want to hire coaches that uh, don't really rock a boat in terms of our internal situation. And um, kid is in some ways a bit of a punching bag. And right now nobody's talking about the absolute colossal mishandling of the assets that we've had over the last year. Um, and so, and so that to me is, a, a thing that I just kind of can't get over is like, I still can't, I'm not going to let kid distract me from the fact that Mark Cuban fucked everything up last year. He did after the season, 
the Brunson thing is going to be the root of why this whole thing is likely not going to work out. And that is my bleak outlook um, is that sure kid is whatever, but he's there by design. He really is. He's not, he's not going to piss anyone off. So you remember what they did, right? right? Cuban was like, well, we were sitting around in the room and Dirk was like, Jason kid, great idea. No, but it's like, who do we, 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 you know, we're in a, and I get the, I get the thinking a little bit. If I'm going to give any sort of benefit of the doubt, we, we are in a player, you know, empowered yeah. league, which players is like kid. That's players like kid or whatever. And Rick rub kid the wrong way. Maybe there's some thoughts that Rick is a, a reason why X or Y happened or whatever. Sure. But at the end of the day, kid is not going to do any dust ups. It's probably why so many Mavs people defended him. And it's like you said, they can't not defend him. But um, I don't know, man. I don't know how you defend. I, don't, I really don't know how you defend him right now. Uh, other than he's he's doing exactly what he's being told to do, which is well, just sort of like, you know, be a bit of a punching bag. Um, just make sure the locker room's like fine. So and, we're we're an hour deep yeah. in this, all right. And yeah. you've worked as a producer, content creator. You've been yeah. on both sides of things. Yeah. You've seen management. You've seen production. You've seen creation. The other day, when Jason Kidd <laughs> uttered his very bad response, and it was a like, I don't care what you know um a particular person accused me of taking um kids quote out of context i didn't know such thing kids quote was not out of context he was responding about a timeout yeah. but he still basically threw his hands up in the air and said not my problem right and so there's nothing out of context to be had there the dallas mavericks when there are right. home games they send out quotes they send out stuff that i we all use like for post game stories and stuff basically what the the pool reports yeah. say yeah they did not include that quote. Yeah. Well, the re- Kirk, I'm, I'm sorry, but like the thing that annoys me with some of the responses from the Mavs people is that sometimes people who get too close to the game get so insulated that they don't really realize what reality is anymore. And that is to me what has happened with some of the defenses of what Kid said and what Followell said, who shout out that guy. Um, Mark freaking Followell said this thing on a podcast that's defend that, that defends uh, Jason Kidd's uh, like, like comments, and I'm just sitting there, kind of going like, "You understand that he is the representative of your team, and that his, like, him saying something that is getting dunked on, not just by Mavs fans, it's by the entire NBA yeah. landscape." Okay, so he clearly did something wrong. Okay, he's his team does not have a winning record post this trade it has to fall on the leader and every great leader i told you this every great leader gets scrutinized yep i've never heard a great leader say well what am i supposed to do you know what i mean that is just poor leadership and it doesn't take a rocket science you don't have to be working within the league you don't have to know the inner workings of a fucking locker room to know that that is a bad thing to say we've all worked for shitty bosses that have done stuff like that I mean, just you, 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 you just, I don't know. You're too insulated. If you, if you're like, well, I know that like freaking, you know, him and Reggie Bullock are tight. Well, great. Okay. But a part of his job is to be the face of this league and to, to assure fans that, Hey, you know, this is on me or whatever it might be. And it's like, he just does the opposite. And the, the reality, the part that people really don't understand is that, perception is reality and when mm. fans start to hear to actually turn when that starts to become a loud thing then guess what starts to happen media people start to talk about it 
but, media, but just that, that won't. Let, me, let me finish this train of thought. Media people start to talk about it. Media people start to be like, you know, it'd be a great little B block in uh, first take. Should, should kid be fired? And then that cycle starts to actually happen. Okay. Because of dumb shit that he's doing to himself. And I, I just, I, I, I don't care how long you've been working in that organization. What he said that night was downright stupid. It was stupid. It was stupid. Well, I'm, I'm cynical in that I have been told that all of my criticisms for the better part of 10 years are wrong. So I live in this sort of like gaslit chamber where, you know, I, I still, I still remember my wife was here getting our house. Um, and there was an entire segment done on me on a radio show where a guy from Virginia doesn't know what he's talking about. And I have some terrible takes to my name. We all do. But by and large, the thought of saying, all right, this team needs a little more scrutiny. This team, you know, you only get one Luka Doncic. You only get one Dirk Nowitzki. And I'm sorry. I, I, I can't. I'm just... No, you, you're right. And it matters. It matters a lot to people. And I just, it's in, it's why I like, you know, I know that some folks in the chat are like, well, Cuban's not off the hook, but I, I, I want it to be a laser focused thing because I, I don't, I, I have said this many times on this thing, the Brunson thing could have been handled yep. and it could have been handled very easily. And it's, it's particularly frustrating because the Mavs are by and large a homegrown team. Yep. And what do you want from a homegrown team is for somebody to break out and then somebody does and they don't pay him. And then they sacrifice other homegrown talent to get a Kyrie who, whatever you think of him, it's, it's a temporary fix. It's an asset problem. It's, it's an, it's an asset problem. And and I'm just, I, I just really, it really drives me crazy because it was, it was there, you know? I mean, think about think about this. If you if you love the Kyrie thing, for example, like they could have traded Dorian Spencer and still had Brunson. Like there's there, that would have been a terrible defense. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. just saying, like that's like there, how there bad was a the- person a, a person with a huge media following, one of the leaders of one of the biggest radio stations in the area was just like, well basically made the by defending the the front office made the made the the assertion of well if Brunson's still here you don't go get Kyrie like what that doesn't make any sense you could you you could actually if you wanted (laughs) and so the, the the point is is that you had that option and now you are in a corner and it is a weird corner to be in and it's just one of those things that I just am sort of like what what there there's something about Cuban and his leadership style that's like he looks at the teams that accomplished something good and he says, well, they overachieved. It happened in the championship t- season. He looked at that team. They won it all. And then he said, well, we overachieved and he broke it up. And you go, why did you do that? This team goes to the Western Conference finals and he sort of breaks it up. He got rid of a really important piece. And you just kind of go, why did you do that? It doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, it actually doesn't make sense. It's a weird, I'm smarter, I'm playing 3D chess, you're playing checkers, like, thing. That it's like, no, just play checkers, please. God, just play checkers. 
paid the guy 55 fucking million dollars and and like save yourself like get out of your own way and it's just i just am baffled by this front office so much so that kid could literally say the dumbest thing in the world and i'll be like that was stupid i can't believe this front office is such a joke like i i'm i'm so mad at it I'm so mad at it. I mean, what where I'm at right now is that they're going to go on like a 12 and four run, and we're all going to feel really stupid. That's fine, but you know, I'll I'll feel really stupid when it results to um, yeah. a championship. I mean, I would like. If I, I, I'm, if, I'm, if, I'm, I'm not holding my breath on that. If I'm going to get made fun of, not me personally, but if like me, passionate fan X is going to get made fun of on the follow up of a of a game by on the broadcast, at least let it come after a fucking win. Right, like let's go get some wins right. and be wrong about all of our strong takes. Yeah, and then dunk on Twitter, do whatever you got to do. But like, after after one of the worst losses, like in the modern NBA, like I'm sorry, it was horrible. Nobody had lost by 27 and, points. Yeah, it, it's just sort of like, and that that's your comment is you can't do anything about it. And then the comment from the people who work there are like, you guys just don't get it. And it's mm. like, really. We don't get it. Well, but the Are assumption sure is that the fan base is dumb close? and they, they might be right because people, you know, I still get emails, direct messages, tweets from people who so desperately want to be liked by the Mavs organization. And it's like, Mark's a nice guy. All these guys are not, all these guys are nice guys. I really, but it's just like, you're, you're still talking to people who are, who have a, it's like it's their position to defend like it's in their like that's their job is to defend the defend the shield like you know it's 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 tough they're in a tough spot yeah yeah no i mean and 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 to say like look Kyrie and luca are too talented for this team to fall off luca himself is too talented for this team to fall off luca pre pre the Kyrie trade honest to god still thinks that that he could lead a team past a, a memphis like i think he i think he's like like I think he's like could drag a team to a second round. Obviously, a Western Conference Final. Like he can do a lot of, of things, and so can Kyrie. But the but the point is, is that actually, if that happened, it would be incredibly talent. Like two or three really incredibly talented people bailing out uh, this 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 management again. And it's that right. that to me is where I just get so like frustrated because it was really really simple. It was really really simple. It was right there and Kyrie and Luca are too talented but guess what I don't know if that coaching staff because coaching is a lot of freaking things um and I don't see Jason Kidd the tactician crushing it I don't see Jason Kidd the public speaker crushing it and I don't know but thus far Jason Kidd coaching two superstars not really crushing it and that's that's just an overall figure it the fuck out kind of thing and he's got to figure it out like I don't I don't know how he I don't know uh, well, thanks for hanging out, Jason. You got anything else? No, nah, man. I'm just, uh, I'm just chilling, just drinking wine. Well, good. Drink some water too. I endorse, I endorse drinking wine. Yeah. People, make, people it's make fun of me person. if they knew what I was drinking. Um, what are you drinking right now? Wait, what are you drinking? Honest to God, uh, a yeah. little of a deep alum vodka. Found a brand that I like, and some cherry Seven Up. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's that is bleak. All right, buddy. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for hanging out. Talk soon. I'm gonna get Jason down here. Jason comes to town. We never hang out. It's just the nature of things. Um.
Okay, Corey, what's up, man? You've been waiting a real long time. Thanks for hanging out. What's up? Oh, sorry, Kirk. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Thanks for uh, having me up. I'll be quick. I know it's late. Um, first of all, on the way to the game tonight, I got rear-ended on the tollway. Oh! Um, so that I should have known it was going to be a crappy evening to begin with. Um, the game was fairly entertaining, except for the parts that weren't. The main thing I wanted to bring up is that Kid called the team out after the last game or called Luke out, whatever you want to call it. Sure. And this is how they responded. Um, Pretty brutal. Yeah. And I, I think if you go back, you know, I don't know what the a month or so, a month and a half, the team kind of had a malaise over it anyway. Luca was hurt. He came back. He had bad body language. Kyrie came in. And the team had a little bit of win in the sails, and they looked all good, and we got excited about it. But really, that's been the only positive moment since the first of the year, practically. Um, I don't know. I'm with you. They're not going to fire him, but he's an asshole for ruining all my fun this year. That's all I want to say. Well, Corey, I'm sorry that happened to you on the on the uh, on the tollway. Car accidents never fun. Glad to hear you're okay. And I'm sorry that the Mavericks have added to your to your frustrations. Well, the good news is it won my car. Okay. <laughs> so, I was riding with somebody at least. Corey out here right, stealing thanks. cars and getting into acts. No, I'm just kidding. That's right. <laughs> we'll talk Great. soon. Thanks for hanging out. All right. Coming up next, then, we got Tyron. Hey, what's going on, Kurt? Oh, we're still here. I got a couple questions. We're still here. I got a couple. Yeah, I got a couple questions. No, I'm I'm the X's and O's guy. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but was Javale McGee not playing decent before the All Star break? Uh he had two games where he had ten minute spurts that were pretty okay, and then he ended one game awful, and it was against the Jazz. Yeah. I want to say, didn't they lose that game? No, they won that game. There was one of the games that they lost right before All-Star where he had a short burst and it was like, oh, no. And then he hasn't been seen since. And see, that's one of my problems with Jason Kidd. I was at the game on uh, Saturday. And I believe now I'm not looking for JaVale McGee to go out there and give us, you know, 30 and 10 and 15 or whatever. That's, that's not what he's there for. But again, from an X's and O's standpoint, wouldn't it make sense to not DNPCD this guy and at least have a big body down there in the paint against LeBron and AD and Vanderbilt and all these other big, huge guys? I mean, I, I, mean, I don't have strong takes because McGee has been that bad, but I do understand why you're asking for an additional big body is they're just getting destroyed in the key. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it just – it just makes sense to me uh, to, to at least have another big body out there. Your other big guy, Maxi Kleber, who I mean, he, he did good tonight, uh, but you're relying on a guy that tore his hamstring. Like that could have gone one of two ways tonight. You know what I mean? Yes. I just, I just don't understand. Again, I'm not looking for Javale to be the savior of the team, but from just an X's and O's strategy standpoint, I, I don't get it. Another thing is uh, Marquise Morris. Again, I'm not looking for him to come in and change the dynamic of the team, but the guy came in 
uh, you know, out of shape or, and all that kind of stuff. And I, first of all, I didn't realize how big this guy was until I st- saw him stand next to AD uh, Saturday. If I was the Dallas Mavericks organization, I would have his ass running and doing whatever <laughs> I can. I'm, I'm serious. Whatever I needed to do to have him out there on the court because that's another big man that we have that can contribute. But yet and still, what do we do? We go get Justin Holiday and fucking plug him in and just hope for the best. And he looked like absolute dog shit tonight. I, I don't get it. You start the same guys you started the last game. We got washed. You know, something something just has to give. And if, if it doesn't, I, I'm with y'all when you say that Mark Cuban isn't going to fire Jason Kidd. But here's what's going to happen if he doesn't. And, and soon. Yeah. Kyrie Irving is going to leave the summer. So that's another hole at the, the secondary ball handling, whatever y'all want to call it. He's gone. He's already pissed off Christian Wood. That, that was very evident tonight. Yeah. Christian Wood is gone. You want to fucking play Justin Holiday? All right, cool. Josh Green, go find some else to play this summer. And then we're going to be stuck with uh, Jason Kidd next summer in a shitty roster, and we're, we've run out of Band-Aids to plug holes with. Then what, Mark Cuban? Yeah. It's brutal. That's all I got, man. Go mess. Thanks for waiting. Appreciate you. All right. Simon, two two games in a row. What's going on, man? How you doing? Simon and the Seahawks logo. Guess his team is going to be unbelievably good next year. Give Simon a second to find the mute button. Otherwise, we'll bring him back up here in a second. Looks like he's he's unmuted, but uh, we're not getting any audio. Um. Okay, let's go to Jim. Hi, Jim. It's been a long time. What's happening? Hey, it's been a while. How's it going? Uh, last time I was on here it was like a year ago. Yeah. And I think the Mavericks were 11th in defense. Seems um, like a lifetime. What the f- yeah, what the fuck happened? <laughs> well, you know, trying hard only gets you so far, I think, is the lesson that we learned from, from last year's defense. Maxi Kleba is uh, like, a key part of that, but they, they – I just – Yeah. I just don't get how you could – like, who were the big men last year in the playoff rotation? Uh, Maxi, it's Powell, Powell, Maxi. That kind of was it. And how are we just getting destroyed in the paint this year? So I think it's it's a, is a kid. How what's the blame pie look like? So it's it's kind of a cascade effect. So Dorian Finney-Smith and Powell or uh, um, Reggie Bullock were unbelievable, but they also might have gotten like all the tread might have. Yeah, forty minutes. So a they game. look. They've been bad all year tread on their tires just gone so that's your starting point uh your second starting point is that we under your your, your other your 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 next place is Jalen Brunson was better on defense than we remember uh Spencer Dinwiddie was has played what played worse when he was here uh Spencer was secretly probably the worst defender on the team as shocking as that may sound just like really yeah, worse than Luca by far absolutely and and then Luca's played a little worse this year so it's like all these things start to become a compounding effect then there's Maxi who's out for 35 games and Maxi was kind of the keystone who could make things work for long enough and so you roll all those things together and it's just a team that can't do it I mean they're the worst they're a bottom three defense it's really wild it's like 
I remember reading something about Jason Kidd's first year in Milwaukee versus the next yep. year, like the jump from like defensive efficiency, like just being super drastic and bad in that second year. And like, we're seeing it all over again, but like, I just don't know, like, is it really that much kid? Is it really that much that like, I mean, they, I earnestly think they, I earnestly think kid misunderstood why they won. Um, he found it was a fluke. Well, they would because of Luca, but on defense to where if you're going to play a, a style that, that wears the tread on your tires, you cannot go get JaVale. That was co- it's promising. The well, starting, the starting spot, spot is, 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 was maddening, but it's like, you look at it and you're like, okay, we need rebounds fair. Cause they did need some rebounds. They got beat by golden state. But the, the question that I will sort of live with is it's like, guys, how do you not know? as a team that's like playing Dorian and Reggie was where your bread was buttered. So you go from, from one thing to another thing and not make any real improvement in the wing depth. And, and, you know, Brunson, I, I think is really kind of a secret loss because even though he's like six, one or five, nine or however tall he was, he never really got crushed unless he was getting like super ISOed. Right. Probably like a Kawhi right. PG like that, that kind of thing. That's why he got outplayed in 2021. Yep. It's just it's just so maddening. Like I I've had a lot change in the past year in my life, a lot of great personal things, but it's like I still use the Mavs as something to like cling on in my own personal life. Um sure. that's just like I, I try to use it as like a positive outlook and like just like it's like a social thing. Like it's something I try to look forward to. And it's just once again, like you and I have talked about this like over the past two years or so, just Mark Cuban's at it again. It's just every single time. And it's just so disappointing. Uh, It is. It is. Expectations were high. And then the Mavericks made just enough mistakes. But, you know, I've really, we've sort of been, I don't want to say fooled, but like the, the Mavs have failed, like the things they've missed out on the last 10 years have often resulted in a better thing. Like Nerlens Noel didn't sign that contract. And then the year after the Mavericks were God awful. And so they ended up with Luka Doncic. But of course, in that process, they also fell in the draft lottery. So they had to give up a pick to go get Luka. And then they trade for Chris Stapps Porzingis, which looked so cool. Only it didn't work because Chris Stapps, Give him a five-year yeah, deal so after like, tearing an ACL. Like, oh, the they fuck just are you had doing? a like, lot. Like, like I exist in this place where I get very mad at the Mavericks. But like, you you look at their intentionality, and it's all it's not necessarily bad. It's just they're off. They've not been able to get anything to work, and that that just feels very frustrating. What, as somebody who hasn't been on here in a year, but Kirk, what can I look forward to? at the end of the season just being optimist Ooh, kirk it's a good question i mean if what can i look forward to so the pairing of kyrie and luca has enough something to where i think you should be feeling you know the basketball fit to where i think you can talk yourself up and in, into a whole lot that that's the that's my thought everything else from there you know it can flow negative or positive but if you like watching them play basketball i think they'll be able to figure out the basketball it's whether you know they can get people to play with them it's whether the the front office kind of has an idea of what to do to reshape 
elements of the roster. Because I really do think Kyrie resigns just because it doesn't make sense for him not to. Right. And he would not if, give up that if, kind if of max to, contract. force his way elsewhere. That's, and that's a likely outcome, um, just given his history. Well, and we have the bird rights. So, and, sorry if you guys yeah. are hearing weird stuff in the background. My puppy will not go to sleep. <laughs> sorry. Hey, speaking of drinking, though, I'm drinking this like petite nice. Syrah that's like really good. Cheap wine. Hey, cheap wine for 26 bucks. I know that's like not like cheap to most people, but like if you want a really good wine for like kind of relatively cheap, petite Syrah. Good grape. Good girl. All right. Good to hear. All right, man. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you, Kurt. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Hi. Yes. She is still barking at the world and I'm still on my live show. Sorry. My wife just walked in and. Gave me, like, what is happening? Look. All right, Michael, what's going on? One more mute button. Okay. Can you hear me, Kurt? Welcome. Hey, how's it going? We're still here. Uh, we're still here. Like like some real sickos that past midnight still bitching about the same things. That's it's right. great. <laughs> uh, what did kid say in his press conference was it don't you understand I'm a people person what is wrong? <laughs> I didn't listen and the Mavs have yet to send out any materials so I'm I'm really curious I know that, that was all that was the one great thing about the last the last loss is so many people knowing the office space references but <laughs> no I, I mean, it's just is what I don't understand is like I don't know why why is nobody asked Cuban this question? Like in the forty years of the Mavericks history, they've won one title, and that was with uh, DPOY Sarah. Sure. And not just that, I want you to go through like everybody that's got fell in love with this small ball, and that's the only way to win the championship. I want somebody to show me one of 75 titles that didn't have a serviceable big. Yeah. You're not going to find it. And it's just, I, I don't understand why, why do we not focus on that area of team building? Because you're not winning. I've seen a lot of cute teams that didn't have a great big that made it to the Western Conference Finals, made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, but that's their ceiling. And I think that's where we're at. And last year, we, like, SJ's talked about it a lot, that kids runs very gimmicky defense that eventually gets schemed out. Sure. And and it takes – and that's why you usually see second-year kid because it usually takes the league to – figure it out and scheme around it to get around the fact that they don't pay attention to the center position. Yeah, they tried, but they failed. It's just like, when you look, I don't see one, four, or five on our team that's playing more than 20 minutes on a contender. And that's where we're at. So we're going to keep on banging our heads against the wall until that's solved. Sure. Um, I I I think the I think the pairing will work, but it's just like um, it's almost like the Nets from last year. They look 
very much the same. And until Nick Claxton got came to his own, that's they didn't start getting better until that happened. You just you got to have that to win. So I mean, maybe we need to call Indiana and be like, "Hey, y'all, trying to take some trash for uh, him and two picks. Let us have them." Because I think we'd be good if we had Miles Turner. Just he he melted our faces off tonight. Got anything that he wanted. It's just um, until you can compete with that, I I don't know how you win. Every contender is running two big lineups, but you even go back to that thread that somebody has sent uh, post from the Milwaukee days, where he's like, "Oh well, that would we got to." Of course, he's saying the same things here. Oh, we have too many bigs. That's not how the game is played anymore. Jason, that is how the game has been fucking played for 75 years. <laughs> it, I mean, the more things change, more they stay the same. But if you don't fix that position, you'll just be a cute team that has conference appearance. And that's your ceiling. Well, Micah, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, thanks. I can hear my puppy menacing upstairs now. So I'm going to go deal with that. And we're going to talk on Thursday. The Mavericks play an earlier game. Thanks for hanging out. Head over to Mavs Moneyball. We'll talk to you guys soon. Okay, guys? Everybody be good.